morning. Hope all of you are well. Today we're going to be learning Masechet Beitza Da Chavzai. We're going to go all the way to the last word on the page, a little bit further, David, than that. Short Mishnah and Gemara, but all the way to the last page. It's the next Lada of Moshe. Oh, it's very, very close. Moshe Shapir Da. Kavches ends uh, a line from the bottom. <laughs> the Yesterday, we were having a discussion about whether or not there's such a thing as muksa for only part of Shabbos. The Gemara presented two opinions. Yes, there is such a thing. Yesh muksa v'chas Shabbos and another shita of ein muksa v'chas Shabbos. We were trying to prove one of the shitas. So the Gemara on the very last line of Kavav finds a case that is semi-similar to what we were talking about. And we have to see if this test, our case of yesh mechitza or ein mechitza v'chati Shabbos is enough to learn from. So the Gemara says Tashma. Normally when we see the word Tashma, we typically see a brisa or it's a set of something from the Tanaim. Yet here we don't. It's a it's an anomaly. It's not normal. Some of you should pick up on this. Nevertheless, Tashma bottom of Chazav and Sorry, Amar of Zerah. Tashma, Ipulin v'adashim. We could come and learn. You could still you could still say that, but there's no rice that even after that. That's for sure what's happening. for sure what's happening. It's just it's not crazy in content, but it's crazy in frequency. You don't see this. Usually Tashma is usually a price. It's not anomalous. It's not, uh, it doesn't mean it isn't a riot. It is. That's what the Gemara is trying to do here. Correct in content. In, in structure, it's not what the Gemara does. It's almost always a price. Anyways, we're going to learn from Kulin Ba'adashim. These are our beans and lentils. Now, Kulin when they're still raw, Chazu Lakus. So this is a language we see throughout Shas. Foods that are raw that are being chewed on. So fine. So they're chewing on the food. Then Shadin, who, if you throw it the Kdeiru, you throw it in the pot and you that eats food, you can't eat it while it's in a boiling pot, obviously. So it seems to be that it's allowed and then it's not allowed. And then at the top of Kavzain and Aleph, and then once it finishes cooking, all is well. So we see available, unavailable, by available. So if that's true, maybe we can compare. In this case, our sugya of yesh mechitza v'chati shabbos, or ein mechitza v'chati shabbos, that that was the case that we were discussing. Put the pigs on the roof; they were fine before shabbos. Then it rained, and they were not fine. And now they're fine again when they dried out when the sun came up. So can we compare these cases? Gemara says absolutely not. Amar according to your svara, tikshilach kederos ba'alma. Forget about this case. All cases in which there would be food that is boiling. We would call that muksa. This is what we do. We boil our soup up until shkia, up until candle lighting, I should say, and then we turn it off. It's boiling hot, way beyond yad. So let us go. We've actually had children spill soup on them with burns. It's extremely hot. So says the Gemara. Are we going to treat that as? Uh, we're going to treat that as muksa. Muksa that you can eat from it again. Like that's crazy. You can't just that's not muksa. That's not what muksa means. Ella says the Gemara, the case that we tried to bring from Poland Vadasha, not a case that we learn why not four lines down on Khabzayan have a gum room low When we're talking about something that is man-made 
namely the fallen and put it into a pot and drink it on their own. That's not what we're discussing. If you come here, where's our case? When something is happening outside of our control and in the power of the you put the face up on the dry and then it starts raining. You don't control the rain. We can only compare to the world of Yesh Motzabachat Lachati Shabbos or Ein Motzabachati Shabbos. Therefore, we cannot learn from the case of Hulam Adashim to our case of Yesh Mechitz or Ein Mechitz. Again, we know how we paskin. We do paskin Ein Mechitz or Lachati Shabbos that we don't hold up like these interruptions. There's no such thing, whatever the status is by Shkia. It is what we did try to learn from here, and it was a failed attempt. Six, seven lines down, Rabbi Huda Nesia. What a big difference with the letter. Hey, Rabbi Huda Nesia was the grandchild of Rabbi Huda Hanasi. So he was already in the times of the Amorite. Rabbi Huda Hanasi died around the year 220. So if this is his grandkid, let's assume that he lived around 220, 230, whatever it was. It's not, uh, <coughs> he was not considered a Atana in a formal way. Anyways, Havalei Hahu Bukhra. He had a Bukhor. And as we started learning yesterday, a Bukhor, even Bismana said, it's born Bikdusha. It's Kedusha Me'elam. And if you shecht an animal that is a Bukhor that has Kedusha, Bismat Hazeh, so that's Kachim Bachut, that's Shkita's Kachim Bachut, and Yerchayev Karis for that. Huge punishment. I, in the first mission of Masechas Kritsus, not allowed. So says the Gemara, he had this Bukhor. Shadre the Kamid Rabami, and he sent the animal in front of Rabami. Rabami was an expert in checking for Mumin. The only way you can shecht the Bukhor Bismana says if the animal has a Mum. So he was hoping the animal would have a moon. So then Savar, Ivami said, I can't check it. He says, I don't check animals on um, Yontif. I don't do that. Right? He held that it was prohibited. Yesterday I mentioned, based on Rashi, that it's possible that this is comparable to a Bezdin functioning on Shabbos or Yontif, which is not allowed. So Ravami says, I'm not, we don't check movement on Yontif. Omar Le Rav Zarika, the Itame Rabirmia. Either Rav Zrika or Rav Yirmiya says, Rav Yehuda v'Rav Shimon, as a general rule, when we have a machlok as Rav Yehuda v'Rav Shimon, halacha k'Rav Yehuda. Now this is strange and for a whole host of reasons. First of all, it's not true because we paskin uh, not like that in regards to Dabr Shimon and Mishkabe. We paskin like Rav Shimon. It's not always like Rav Yehuda. And we'll see why that's true in a minute. But the Gemara posits that maybe we should assume, maybe we should assume that the halacha should be like Rav Yehuda. What did Rabbi Yehuda say in our Mishnah? Rabbi Yehuda said in our Mishnah, if you, if you uh, turn back a page to Chavhem, it based on the very bottom line. It says there, Rabbi Yehuda, Omer, Yered, Rabbi Yehuda was of the opinion that it's mutter. So you, Rav Ami, you want to say that, is it Rav Ami? Yeah, yeah, Rav Ami. You, Rav Ami, want to say, hey, hold on one second. How can you say that we follow, how can you say that we, that we don't allow for checking, that's a sheet of Rav Shimon, but we should be holding like Rabbi Huda. Says the Gemara, Hadar Shadre the Kamid Rav Yitzchak Nafla. So, anyways, Ravami wasn't willing even with that argument. Ravami says, uh, uh, and then this person, Rav Yehuda Nasiya, said, you know what, let me bring it to another Rav. Shadre the Kamid Rav Yitzchak Nafla. So he brought the animal to another. Uh, you, well, what's going on? You're shopping for kulas. It's not shopping for kulas. He held Ladina. What? You're looking for a psaac, and this person wasn't looking at it, but it was, it's, a, it's a little bit more than that, which is that he held its mutter, Yudhanasiya held that it's mutter for someone to look for Mumin on Shabbos. So when he found out from Rav Ami that Rav Ami held 
like Rib Shimon that you're not allowed to check for a moment. He's like, I don't pass him like that. I'm not shopping for kulas. I'm going to a rub who holds like me. So that's why you got to, you have to know, it's like a bit of a chachma here to, to go ask this shaila to another person. Anyways, you went to Rabbi Yitzchak Nafka. He too, Rabbi Yitzchak Nafka, Sabar, he doesn't look either. So Amar Le Rav Yirmi of Yitamir of Suitka. I don't understand again. Same question again. Rav Yehuda, Rav Shimon, Allah, Rav Yehuda. It should be that when we have a machlokas, as we do in our mission on the bottom of Tafayim at base, as to whether or not we are allowed to check for Mumin on Yontif, we should pass in like Rav Shimon, who is lenient and not, uh, we should pass in like Rav Yehuda, who is lenient and not like Rav Shimon. So Amar Le, Rav Abba, I don't understand. My taima lo the the Shimon. What is going on here? What? Why do you think that we should hold like Rib Shimon? Why would you assume that that's the case? That we should hold like Rib Shimon in this case? That we should be lenient? Amar the Atma What is the what source do you have? Amar first of the long lines on Chavzai and Amar Aleph. Hachi Amar because Rib Paskin is not like the general rule. There is a general rule quoted throughout Shas that Rib Shimon Rib Shimon. But Rav Zera, in this area, Paskins, like Rav Shimon, and that means that there should be no checking of Mumin on Shabbos. It says the Gemara, Omar Mandahu, there was a particular person, a nameless person, we don't know who he was, who was in the base Medrash, and he says, Azki, I want to merit the Asik Lahasam and go up to Eretz Yisrael. We should all feel that way. The Agmaro, the Shmaisam, Pume Demaro. And I want to learn this sugya from the mouth of my master, from the mouth of Rav Zera. And then he finally got on a flight and he went. He saw like Lahasam and he went to Eretz Yisrael, Ashkechele Rav Zera. Then he went and he found Rav Zera, from whom we should be expecting to hear that the halacha is like Rav Shimon, that you're not allowed to check for movement on Shabbos. One third of the way down, three lines into the wide lines. Omar Lay. So the Talmud, this random person whose name we don't know, Omar Mar, he says to Rav Zera, halacha ki Rav Shimon, did you in fact say that the halacha is like Rav Shimon, that you're not allowed to check? Amar Le Rabzer says, Lo, that's not even what I said. All I said, I wasn't paskining. All I said was, Ana Mistabra Amre. I was saying, it makes sense. I'm not paskining a Shiloh. We're talking and learning. It, this is sometimes what we do when we're learning Gemara. Based on the conclusion of the Gemara, it makes sense to say X. Is it Sakalacha Mafurish and Shulchan Aruch? No, not necessarily. Often, yeah, because the Gemara is, extra, is, is the extraction point for Halacha. But here the Gemara says, No, Rabzer was only Mistabra. Where did Reb Zera get his mistabra from? That it's logical to Paskin like Reb Shimon that we don't check for Mumin on Shabbos because the, uh, our Mishnah writes. What does our Mishnah say? That Reb Shimon Omer that if a Mum is not Nikar from before Yom Tov begins, then Ein Zeh Mina Muchan. Then it's not Muchan. What does that mean? It's not Muchan. It means we can't even check. And as well, the Katani La Brisa Belashim Chacham and the Brisa has similar language as well. Shema Mina Mistabra Kavosei. Therefore, it's logical to assume, like Rav Zera, that the halacha is like Rav Shimon, that one is not allowed to check. And that explains why both Rav Ami and Rav, who was the second one, uh, Rav Ami and, uh, I, can't, I can't find it, uh, and Rav Yitzhak Nafka, that the two of them hold that we should not check because we hold like Rav Zera, who said that it was Mustaber to hold like Rav Shimon, that there is no checking of Mumin. My Havei Allah, halfway down on the dot, Chavzayin and how do we paskin? This machlokas is dependent on the great trees. It's dependent on the great rabbis. Amar of Shimon ben Pazi, Amar of Yeshua ben Levi, Amar of Yosi ben Shaul, Amar Rebbe Mishum Kalakadish to Yerushalayim. Wow, that's a that's a chain of people. So we have from this remarkable 
uh, collection of Amorayim and Tanayim, Rabbi Levi was a well-known Amora, and he's going back to Rabbi Yosef ben Shalom, to Rabbi, and Rabbi back to the Kahala Kedushish of Yerushalayim, and Rabbi Shimon, and the Chavei Rav Amru, they all said Halacha Kerebmeir. They all said the Halacha is like Rav Meir. We don't know what Rav Meir says yet, but we will learn what he says shortly. But first, the Gemara interjects with a question. Amru, how can these people speak about the Shimon, the, the Shita of Rav Shimon? But they were way older. That doesn't make sense. How can that be? Ella, it must be that what were they talking about? The Shitas Rav Meir Amrua. That they were speaking about the opinion of Rav Meir. It's not what's Rav Meir's opinion. Let's say that a shechita was done on a bechor. We know that the only shechita of a bechor can be done when we know that there's a moon. Because a shechita of a, uh, of a bechor without a moon is an iser del rice in your chayv kares. It says the Gemara, if a person shechts a bechor and they find the moon only afterwards, that's the machlokas. Do we assume the moon was there from before? Yes or no? That's the machlokas. If Yehuda Matir, Berad Meir, Omer, Hol, Vanishchad, Rabbi Huda says, no problem. We can assume that because immediately after Shechita, we see a moon. So therefore, we can assume that the moon was there before the Shechita took place. And therefore, the Shechita of this before, although you should have checked before, but it should be considered still appropriate. Rabbi Meir says, no, you did not do the Shechita with a mumcha. The mumcha did not check. And therefore, Asr, you're not allowed to eat this. So let's see. The Gemara then says something very interesting. Alma. We're two-thirds of the way down, about 15 lines from the bottom of the page. Alma, it appears from here, that looking at a Bechor, checking for a movement for a Bechor, is different than checking for trefos. If you go to a Shlacht house and you're, they're going to check for trefos, when do they check the lungs? After the lungs have been removed from the body after Shechita. You're not checking beforehand with an ultrasound and lo- you, nothing. You checked for trefas afterwards. That's the Gemara's distinction. With Iyas before Mechaim. When you're checking for blemishes for a Bechor in order to determine if you can shech them, that can only happen when they're alive, according to Rav Meir. Yes, trefa. But when we're looking for the common trefos that would invalidate the kashras of an animal, a hole in the stomach, a sircha in the lungs, a hole in the skull, whatever they are, Riyas trefa la'achar shkita. And then what, what can we learn from there? Umina, and this is where we get to the, to the heart of Rav Meir. Umina, re'iyas trefa fila biyomto. There you can check for trefas, even on yomto, because we have to determine if you're allowed to eat the animal after it's shechted. But re'iyas bechor me'erev yomto. And that's the sheet of Rav Meir, that when are you allowed to check a before? Only, only before the shechita takes place. And that can only happen on erev yomto, but you're not allowed to do it on yomto. Omar you think that the Machlokas, Rav Yehuda and Rav Meir, that's in this Brisa that we just saw, two-thirds of the way down, about Rav Meir, in a Mishnah, actually, that Machlokas is not about Rowan, the Knossa Pligi. It's talking about the slap on the wrist, whether or not there is a slap on the wrist for doing the Shechita of a Bechor without first checking for Mumen. Says the Gemara, the Amar Rabba Bar Barchana Amar Rav Yochanan, Bidukin Shebe'ayin, if there was a problem with one of the eyes of the animal, with cataracts. So says the Gemara, the halacha is, If you see a cataract in an animal after it was shechted by a before, we instantly say that that must have taken place before because once an animal dies through shechita, through any way, but certainly through shechita, its eyes will quickly change. 
And therefore, it can have an appearance of cataracts even afterwards. And therefore, when it comes to the psul of cataracts for an animal, and what's the machlokas? The machlokas is do we make a comparison between a flaw in the body, a moon in the body, to a flaw in the eyes, to the cataracts? Reb Meir Savar, Reb Meir was of the opinion, Reb Meir said, we look at a moon in the body and say, just like by the eye, we're not allowed to look at the cataracts afterwards and say, hey, it probably was fine before. Therefore, we say the same thing by Mumin Shebegup. If the animal has a split lip, so we would therefore assume that just like we, we fear that the cataracts existed before, we also fear that the split lip existed before. So that's our mayor. He's the one who was goes there. And that's why he writes in the Mishnah that that because you didn't have a mumcha check the animal as usher. However, six, seven lines from the bottom, Rabbi Yehuda Savar Logazrina. That's the machlokas between the between Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Meir, but it's not about Rowan. It's not about whether or not we allow the person to check. It's only the scope of the Xera of what we say after you find a moon once an animal's already shafted. Our Mishnah implies that in fact this machlokas between Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Meir is about. Um, the knas, how do we know? Diktani, what is the b'risa, right? Because you didn't have a mumche, therefore it's asr. That's the language of a knas. And therefore the Gemara has a hard time finding the source with Rav Meir because Rav Meir's source wasn't about rowing. Rav Meir's source wasn't about whether or not we allow for, um, for a dayan to check the moment I know if it was only about whether or not we extend our concern of cataracts uh, in an animal as a moon uh, after Shrita to before Shrita, whether or not we extend that same con- concern to moon and Shabbatu. The Gemara, three lines from the bottom, tells a little bit of a story. Ami Vardina, that's an interesting, an interesting name. Take a look at Rashi. Vardina, Verit is a rose. Nahaya. He's so beautiful. They compared him to a rose. I don't know that that's what I would want to be compared to <laughs> had I been such an attractive individual. But it says Rashi, It's <laughs> a little, probably a little more practical that instead of putting him in GQ magazine, we're just saying he's from the city of Vardina. He's either good looking or he's from that city. Anyway, three lines from the bottom. He was the checker of the Bukhra, of the Bechoros, of the Benesiyah. And he, like the others, like the Shita of Rib Shimon, and like the presumed Shita of Rav Meir, though it's a little hard to tell, uh, they didn't check these animals for Mumin on Yom Tov. Says the Gemara, Asu Ami. So they went and they uh, said to Ravami, "This guy is not checking woman. This is his one job. He's not checking woman on Yom So of course we know Ravami. We saw his sheet already. Amar lehu Shapir He's doing a perfect job. You should not be checking. It says the Gemara. But Ravami, you yourself check. Oh, well, how's that? So any is it true that you're not supposed to check? He would look at Mumin on Yom Says the Gemara, absolutely not. You don't understand what's happening. The only time Rav Ami would check was before Yom Turning to the top of Chavzayin and the base, we'll be heading to the last word on the page. 
Let's continue. <clears throat> Says the Gemara, but on Yom Tov, what would Ravami do? He wouldn't check animals, but he would grill the owner of the animal because there was a Yetzer Hara to find a Mum on a Bechor. Why? Because the only way you can shech the Bechor is if it has a Mum. Because if a, mum, if a Bechor doesn't have a Mum, then it's Kodshim. And Kodshim Bachutz is Onishkares. So there people were looking for it. So there was a custom at that time and it probably should still exist now that if a person has a bechor, that they should be grilled. Did you intentionally put him over here? What's going on? So they would ask him questions. How did this uh, come about? Did you do this on purpose? Did you take a little scalpel? And then you cut the, cut the animal's lips so that it would be considered to be a mum, and therefore you can shaft it. So it says the Gemara, there was a particular person. He brought a bukhor in front of Rava, Rava. On Erev Yontif, he brought it right as it was turning to the, we just said this uh, in Me'ila, we're getting to the end of the day. Apanya, toward the afternoon of Erev Yontif. He was, uh, he was washing his hair. It's a strange time to ask someone a Shiloh. But okay, they asked him a Shiloh. So, Dali um, Ene, he kind of raised his eyes. He saw that the animal had a moon. Amar lezilha idna, go now. Come back up this, yep, shower, come back later. This was Arab Yantif, which means he's coming back on Yantif, which means that we now have a precedent of people doing the interrogation piece on Yantif, of asking, how did this moon come about? That next day, ki asa when the Balabais came back with this Bechor, Amar le Rava said to him, what happened with this particular animal? So the Gemara says, six lines down on Chavzayin and the base, Amar le, he said to Rava, there was barley seeds on the far side of the fence. And my animal was on this side of the fence. He was hungry. There was a little bit of a hole in the fence about the size of his head. So he put his head through the fence. And the fence cut his lip. And that's how he got the moon. You, because you have a Yetzirah that your Bechor should have a mum so you can shech it. So maybe we should say that you did something wrong. So says the Gemara, not correct. Omar Leilo, he says, no, I was Yashar about it. How do we know the Grama Aser? How do we know that causing a mum in a Bechor is problematic? Let's think about that. Who cares? Go take a knife and just cut the animal's level. What's the difference? Says the Gemara, it's not allowed. How do we know? And this will bring us to the first mission on the page, the Tanya. The Brisa writes, Mum lo that's a pasuk in Chumash. Let's read the whole pasuk. A person is going to bring a shlamim to a Kodesh Baruch Hu as a neder or as an adaba, as a voluntary offering. From large animals or small, tamim it needs to be an unblemished animal, leratzon, kol mum lo yihyebo. So it says, kol mum lo So it says the pasuk back in the Gemara, we're 12 lines down. The Tanya, how do we know that inducing a mum is not allowed? The pasuk says, mum lo yihyebo, ein lo yihyebo mum. So from the words mum lo yihyebo, all I know is that the animal has to be a tamim. Minayin shelo yigram lo alidei davar acher, and therefore shelo yavi batseiko dvela, that you shouldn't take some sweet food, some dough or some, some cake and put it wow that is a real roundabout way to create a moon you put some honey on the ear of the dog on the ear of this animal and the dog just lunges at it and bites oh, it's a moon and my bachor can now be shattered. 
How do we know we're not allowed to do that? Tamil Omar, kol mum. The Pasuk has the word kol. What does kol mum imply? Omar mum, the Torah said mum, but Omar kol mum. We added the word kol. And the word kol comes to teach us that when it comes to a bechor, an animal that can only be shechted with a mum, that you are not allowed to be the one who induces the mum. It's a Pasuk in Chumash. And seemingly it's a psul de oraisa, based on the way that the Mara presents. It seems like it's a Pasuk in Chumash. That brings us to the next Mishnah, a quarter of... No, no. I mean, the owner had said it was not his fault. It's where the barley was. And he went, came to check on his animal. His animal's lip was bleeding, and that's absurd. So he, the person, was dishonest. He could lie. But uh, it's probably a bad idea to lie to Rava. I would imagine he'd figure it out. I don't know. Some, we know when people are lying, typically, or often. Hmm? Yeah. Yeah, there's other facial expressions as well. Unmasking the face, a book by Paul Ekman. Teaches you how to read people's faces. Fascinating book. <laughs> Left it on an airplane about 10 years ago. <laughs> Says the Gemara in a new Mishnah, if there's an animal that dies on Yom Tov, it has the status of Yom Tov and you cannot move it. We'll see in a minute that that's not so simple. There's a story where this took place with Shalosh and they asked him this, and that's what he posked. And then as well, the Gemara seems to make a comparison between an animal that dies and there is a person whose chala became tummy. It's truma. It becomes tummy. Uh, Nita touched it, whatever it was. So we see in our Mishnah that if an animal dies, that it automatically becomes muksa. But that's really not simple because we learned already in this Masechta, I believe, and if not here, then elsewhere, that that's not true. That Lema, uh, maybe we should say, Lema Tznan Stama, that the anonymous, because there's no names in our Mishnah in regards to the Shita itself, they did ask for the Tarful, but the Baal Shita who wrote, we don't know his name. That this Stam Mishnah is the Loker of Shimon. Why is our Mishnah the Loker of Shimon? This should ring a bell. It's not. The Mishnah writes just about halfway down on Chavzayin and the Beis. The Mishnah writes, you're allowed to cut a vegetable that's raw. It's inedible to you. You're allowed to cut a pumpkin, whatever it is that's raw, and feed it to an animal. And then check out these words. And a nevela, that you can also cut. I, our Mishnah says, Our Mishnah says that with an animal that dies, that you're not allowed to move it, yet Rib Shimon seems to say that you can cut a nevela and give it to the dogs, no problem. So therefore, maybe our Mishnah is not like Rib Shimon. What's Rib Yehuda's Shita in that case? Rib Yehuda Omerim, Lo Haisan Nevela Merv Shabbos Asura. Rib Yehuda is in line with our Mishnah that it's Muksa. So says the Gemara, no, Afidu Tema Rib Shimon. We could even say that our Mishnah, which restricts one from moving an animal that dies, that he that it still works with Rib Shimon, who holds Vesa Nevela Lifniak Klavim, that you can cut up a, a Nevela. How so? Says the Gemara, Mo the Rib Shimon Bebaalechaim. Rib Shimon agrees that when it comes to animals that are Baalechaim, and Rashi writes that here Baalechaim is a reference to animals that were totally healthy by Shkia. So he agrees that in that case, but what does he say? That if the animal was sick and died, so you kind of sort of anticipated that that animal could have died, and therefore it's not Moksa. Says the Gemara, that answer works according to some, but not according to all. According to those who agree with Rav Shimon's line of reasoning that an animal that was during Shkia and it died on Yom Tov. So that uh, we understand that Shita. 
the Rav Yosef, Mishmei the Rav Adamar Chalukai Rav Shemin Afila Babalichem Shemesu Mutarim, Ma'ikol Ameimar. That if Rav Meir was of the opinion that no one, no animals are ever going to be usher, even ones that were healthy before Shkia, so then. Then, then how do we align Rub Shimon with our Mishnah? Now we're back to the Gemara's initial question that Lema, maybe perhaps we should say that our Stam Mishnah is not like Rub Shimon. Because according to those who understand Rub Shimon this way, that even if an animal is healthy, that he is not subject to any Dine Muksa and it can be cut up after it dies. It can be cut up into pieces, even on Yontif, Ma'ikala Meymar. How then would we understand our Mishnah? So the Gemara answers, Tir how could Rav Shimon fit with our Mishnah? Rav Shimon would say, our Mishnah makes sense that we would hold that a behema shemesa loyiz his enemy mekomam. That's true if an animal's kudshin. And dekonami, this actually plays out really nicely with the seifa of our Mishnah. If Rav Shimon's right, or the way that Zairi is right, that the way we understand Rav Shimon is that the reason why we include um, the reason why Rib Shimon could work in our Mishnah is because we're dealing with Kachim. It matches with the Seifa de Kanami because what did we say in our Mishnah about the Chala? De Katani Alev Al Chala Shanitmes. We spoke about Chala Shanitmes, Machala de Kdisha, just like Chala is something that has Kedusha and can become Tame. So that works out nicely. So says the Gemara, if that's true, that the reason why it's Muksa is because it's Kadosh, but Hadachul and Sharia, that also poses its own question. What's the question there? That if our Mishnah only says that animals that are Kadosh are going to be Muksa, but animals that are Chulin are not, that works according to one opinion. That I could understand that, that even according to this sheet of Rava within the understanding of Yosef, that uh, this animal is going to even be mutter. That's fine. Then we understand everything. But if you say that our Mishnah is only talking about Kachim, and that's what's going to be Asr, but Chulin is Mutter, then what about the Shita that learns Rava that even Chulin is going to be Asr? That doesn't fit within our Mishnah because our Mishnah is only Kachim and not Chulin. Answers the Gemara, Hacha Askinan, when would we say that there's a case of Chulin that's going to be Asr? So then says the Gemara, that's the Misukenis for the Ibrahim. When an animal is sick, um, uh, sorry, when will it be Mutter? That's a, when an animal's Misukenis. When we know the animal is about to die before Yantip, then we basically have in mind. We're at the last Mishnah, eight, nine lines before the end of the page. And with this, we'll conclude. A Nimnin al Habehema You should not, we'll, we'll see what Nimnin is in the Gemara, but basically, you should not go into a partnership for an animal on Yantip. Uh, the animal's $1,000. Everyone, all 10 of us are going to give 100 bucks. That's not allowed. But you can do so. Um, on Erev Yomtev, where you say before Yomtev, we're buying a cow, 100 bucks a person, $1,000, 10 people, all good. You can do the shrita then on Yomtev, and then you can uh, divvy it up accordingly. So my a nimnit. What does it mean that you're not allowed to be nimnit? So I kind of foreshadowed this a little bit. It's not appropriate to sit down and everyone agree to give a certain amount. That's not true for fundraising for tzedakah, which we're about to do, where we do raise money. That's mutter v'mutter, no problem. But here, it's not appropriate to do that on Yom Tov for everyone to say, I have a cow, it's a thousand bucks, 10 people, a hundred dollars a person. Therefore, what should he do? So the way that 
we could use a little bit of, of a roundabout way to get to this conclusion. What should we do? Amarab, maybe shte behemos. You have two animals that are very similar. They look like twins. We look at them and we say, yeah, Betsy is like this animal. They look exactly the same. And then what do you do? Then you take one of them and you shecht it. And then after Yontif, you look at the other animal that was a match and say, how much was it? Let's divide by 10. And that way you're not doing it actually on the animal that you're shechting. You're waiting until after Yontif to do the math again. It's a little bit of a loophole, but the Gemara says that's fine with the b'risa to match. Two lines from the bottom, Tanya Nami Hachi. We're not allowed to give fixed amounts on Yontif. It's inappropriate. It's a little mekach memkar. And even if it's not a formal isr de rabonon, it's certainly not appropriate. Aval. You are allowed to say I'm in for a percentage. So that was the case that the Gemara gave. We have two cows that look very similar. So everyone can say I'm in for a tenth, but I don't know what a tenth is yet. We'll assess animal number two, which is the same as animal number one, no problem. And with that, the Gemara concludes at the very end of the page that on Yom Tov, you're not allowed to be koveya, a specific amount of money in regards to splitting the cost of an animal. You are, however, allowed to agree to percentages. We'll stop right here at the last words on the page. On Yom Tov, we'll learn one blot of Kavches, starting at the very top of Kavches and going to the Mishnah at the bottom of Kavches and Bez, wishing you all a beautiful Yom Tov and a Pisgah